The Angry Chicken is a production of AMove TV. Bookmark AMove.tv for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via patreon.com slash TAC. podcast about Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken. Greetings and welcome everyone to the Angry Chicken. I'm Garrett Weinzerl here as always with Willie Dills Gregory. Jocelyn is out. She's off to Dreamhack. That's right. She's in, uh, well, I don't know if she's here yet, but she's in Texas. She's in Dallas, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It. She's heading to. I don't your... know why they switched to Dallas from Austin, man. That's annoying. I, I'm sad too because I really enjoyed uh, heading out there to Austin for the first one they ever did here in the states, yeah. and uh, would like to go back. But I don't, I don't know anyone in Dallas. I'm, I'm, I, I'm much I, less, uh, I, I'm much less inclined to go sure. visit Dallas than I am Austin. I'm just, I'm curious to know what the reasoning behind that change is because logistically, I think Austin is pretty good at running cons. We do it all the freaking time here. The convention center is like sweet and it's right downtown. It's large. It fit clearly fit all of the dream hacky stuff. I, I just don't, I don't know what, 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 what uh, uh, Austin doesn't have that they're looking for. Right. I just, I don't, I don't know. No, no, man. I mean, they both like, have barbecue. Have they both got barbecue. They both have uh, open carry laws. What more could you want? <laughs> I just think Dallas is, look, and if you're from Dallas, I'm sorry. It's a less fun city than Austin. I'm just going to say it. I just think that it is. <laughs> I, I've been to Dallas several times. I have a good time when I'm there, but I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I would not want to like, if I could choose to party in one place or the other, I would always choose Austin. I mean, I, you know, one, that's just me. I think most folks listening, even those who may be, you know, in Dallas, Dallas Pride Strong, uh, would assume that you living in Austin would probably would probably claim Austin as your. I your mean, I'm a little city. biased, but I I don't know. I also think I'm just correct as well. <laughs> right, I was trying I also to give think you an I'm out. Stating true facts. Right I mean, now. I was trying to give you an out, so it wasn't so uh, you know uh, confrontational <laughs> to our Dallas listeners. But but sure, fine. If you wanna if you wanna you know wrestling this and just I'm calling you out, Dallas. That's that's on <laughs> well, you, Dallas, Dallas has come a long way in my mind. I remember when I used to go there when I was younger, and I used to think it was not fun at all. And I recently went there, and it definitely has come like the nightlife and what's going on. Like there's a lot of stuff built up there. So yeah, I think I think this like Austin had the advantage of like UT and the college townness of it, right? To go that that's been going on forever. So it's just. And then, of course, music capital of live music capital of the world, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like they had a lot of things going for them that Dallas didn't. But maybe they, they're just the convention center is sweeter and logistically it makes more sense. Maybe they got a better deal on the place. I don't know. But I'm sad that it's not here. Because yeah. it would have been sweet if Jocelyn could have come out to Austin, too. Like her first trip to Texas. Nope. Dallas. Yeah. Well, eh, there's no official Hearthstone tournament anyway. Right. So. Yeah. We'll live. True. True that. We'll live. Uh, anyways, if you're missing Jocelyn and you want to hear her voice talking about some Hearthstone, there's uh, some little bonus content up for you over at youtube.com slash TV because uh, Team 5, Blizzard, 
uh, they asked us to do a video for the Dalaran Heist. They're bringing back their Evil Essentials series for PvE content. And they uh, they hit us up and were like, hey, you want to do something for Chapter 3 of Dalaran Heist? And we were like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And so we did. And uh, Dills, you were unfortunately unable to, to make it for the recording. Uh, but Jocelyn and I got together and put out a strategy video for clearing Chapter 3 of the Dalaran Heist, both normal and uh, heroic versions. So, oh, you guys got a clear on heroic as well. Yeah, man, I, I, it's in the it's in the video. I, I I admit on the video that I did it kind of by accident. I was like, I'm gonna get in here and get some footage of heroic for the video, and I ended up full clearing. So, what uh, what class did you play? I did priest. Yeah, priest is real good. Priest I is... found that priest is real good because if you can get, there's a couple things you can get the the uh, big thing so that your um, Minions at over five cost five, right? And then you can just play big priests. Any of the, uh, the the things that will discount your large yeah. minions is great in priest because priest also gets access to resurrection effects. So you can draft yeah, large minions. You get the dice or the yeah. robes or the yeah, the other thing. And it's like you just play big priests and you just play giant stuff. And I actually beat um chapter one heroic with uh priest as well. And I did it in the uh whatchamacallit mode, the crazy mode. Um, and it was the, the crazy mode thing was that your spells oh, cast twice. Oh, anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. An anomaly. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're all spells cast twice. Right. So I just picked every resurrection style spell. Oh, that's evil. And yeah. And basically just every single time I got a res thing, it was just, oh yeah, do it twice. <laughs> so I just God, get man. Boards of, like crazy stuff. And then mind blasts pretty good when you cast it and it happens again so, uh yeah it turns yeah. out uh, 10 damage yeah. spell for that few mana is uh really solid mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so it was like it was like easy mode almost i was like okay i guess this is how you beat this stuff on heroic is you just roll the sweet stuff you know because i've definitely had plenty of those uh attempts where i would like roll the worst treasures i'm like i don't even know how you do this here <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, uh, go check it out over at youtube.com slash amovetv. Uh, big thanks to Team 5 for asking us to do that and for promoting it on all the various Hearthstone places. So thank you very much. Uh, Dills, what is going on with the Angriest Chicken Open? Uh, so Taco uh, signups are open right now. Um, it is happening June 15th. Right now, the link is only available on the patreon.com uh, slash TAC website. So go over there and find it. Uh, you, It is a public post, so you can find it if you're in on Patreon. Uh, we just want people to go over there to find that link and click on it. Sign up. June 15th, specialist format, uh, 12 o'clock Central Time. I will be playing again with some sort of dumb meme deck and be putting myself up as a bounty. So it should be a lot of fun and uh, basically just open to all at this point um i mean we had it only open to patrons right away uh but yeah we'll just go ahead and just open that up for everybody at this point so patreon.com slash tac just scroll down the blog posts and you'll find the link and i'll also be posting a new one today with a fresh link as well and also sending out some tweets so basically we're just opening it up at this point i just want a lot of people to play this and uh now that the specialist format seems to have opened up i'm less concerned about it lasting for eight hours or something like that. So <laughs> it should just be a fun, good time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So everyone go check that out over at uh, patreon.com slash TAC. And now let's get into this week's Hearthstone news. Good news, everyone. Oh, no. 
All right. We talked about it last week as a last minute tack on to, well, the last episode of tack. They didn't mean to do that. I'm a hilarious person, Duels. Um, <laughs> the, the OTK that was going to be made possible uh, with the new legendary that has yet to hit the game, Snip Snap, uh, thanks to the Reckless Experimenters effect. Uh, it's not going to be happening, folks. Reckless Experimenter is being changed. Uh, I post on the... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a nerf, but it's not really affecting much beyond this. Right. It's pretty specific to Snip Snap Priest OTK. That would have been possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what they're doing is they're changing it so that the Reckless Experimenter will now read Death Rattle Minions you play, cost three less, but die at end of turn. And now in parentheses, which did not used to be on the card, it reads cost can't be reduced below one. Yep. So this basically means that you can still play this and snip snap and put it on a mech and make some giant thing. You just won't be able to do it infinitely, right? So right. you can wait till like turn 10 and just, you know, make some giant mech. It'll be really friggin' annoying. It'll pop out a bunch of one ones and, you know, people are going to hate you for it. But you, you will not be able to like on turn five infinitely do this and just kill somebody. Which would have been a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the the combo for Mechathune, which was already disabled because of cards rotating out of uh, standard you you can still do that in wild because you don't need to get anything below the one threshold yeah they, they, th this was mentioned in the in the post they said that we're aware of some of the interactions that snip snap creates in wild when players uh, are sorry when played alongside multiple copies of mech warper and they said that they're going to keep a close eye on that and see how it plays out so well so yeah so the thing is the, the mechathune priest um, that is still whatever. That's like the same thing, but people don't really play that in wild anyway. But now you can do a, like maybe, I guess it would be turn six. You could do this, I guess. Uh, you can, no, I guess it would have to be turn seven. You have to have a mech stick on turn seven, play this, have a play a mech warper, and then technically you'd be able to still do this OTK. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's because the mech warper would make it still go to zero again. So yeah. I guess the, their their logic is we'll wait and see if this becomes a problem in wild before we then address it. Right, later. that's what they said here. So that that that's yeah. good to hear. I mean, they did say weeks, so hopefully they they mean that, meaning that like, oh hey, if it just goes out of control, expect a change within a couple of weeks. Um, we'll 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 see. So um, there's also a, an F, an FAQ. That they put up on the official forums about rise of the mech uh mechs where a lot of kind of common questions were answered um <laughs> first that was brought up which we kind of addressed last week was are there going to be dust refunds for buff cards they said philosophically uh cards that we feel we've improved will not be eligible for refunds that makes a lot of sense um yep. Uh, what was more interesting was kind of the future of buffing cards. Uh, it was asked if any other sets are going to be buffed in the future. And uh, they said basically that they like the idea of doing this kind of thing in the future. Uh, obviously, they aren't going to admit to any or co commit to anything solid right now. But that makes a lot of sense to me because this looks like to me from the outside looking in, this is like an in-game event. I would expect that they do more events like this. Yeah, I, I would be surprised that they never, ever do this again, uh, unless this whole thing is disastrous and is terrible. Um, I doubt it will be. I'm really looking for like right now. It's honestly kind of weird. I'm playing Hearthstone. I'm just thinking, 
I really want to play the uh, extra arms pre-stack. That isn't a thing yet, you know, and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm just chopping at the bit here for these to come out. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I am having a great time in Hearthstone now, but it's just funny. They've talked about this in the past, like holding off on announcements because they want to announce things when they're about to happen, not like, oh, in three weeks, this is going to happen, and this is kind of what happened this time. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see if this becomes a disaster or not. I doubt it will be. And if it's not, then, yeah, I, they definitely do this again. And I love the idea of doing it to a set that is, you know, kind of on its rotation cycle, right? Like, it's not going to be here for two years. It's going to be here for, you know, one more. I think it's a good time to be Yeah, it gives like it kind of a, like a one last hurrah. Um, sure. And also, you know, th- these things, these buffs affect wild as well. So that's exciting yeah. for like the future forever going forward when it does go to you know, wild and also just when the buffs hit live. If you're playing wild, it's going to affect wild as well. So I'm I'm very into this. And even if it is like a massive failure, I still kind of want them. I hope they try it again and just try doing their sure going about the, roll the back buffs some of this stuff the and then go one more time and try to get it right this time. Yeah. I, I can't see how this would ever be a disaster just because. All of the changes made were so subtle, right? Um, yeah. And you made them kind of equally. Obviously, like some classes got, you know, Christology got changed. That's already a decent card compared to, say, Flark's Boomzooka, which is a crap card and probably still is a crap card. Things like that. Um, but I think that was kind of done intentionally, right? Yeah. Like, I think they understood where things were in the meta and said, if Paladin becomes good again, that's fine. Because right now, Paladin is really struggling. Although, by the way, Frozen today in... Was it today? I don't know. I don't know when it happened. I watched everything on YouTube later. Uh, in the Grandmasters League, played a Shervala OTK Paladin. Oh, really? Oh, thank God. Because yeah. I watched, I think it was him in a Warrior Mirror against, I'm blanking now, and it was just the dullest thing I've ever watched. I'm actually, I've come around on the Warrior Mirrors quite a bit. But I, I find just, them really interesting now because I'm starting to pay attention to the early turns. And well, this to was pre- how they set up for the later turns. This was pre-nerf. So I was just okay. like, "Oh, yay! Who gets Luciana well, first? I think these still mattered then. I just, I just think it's, it, it, it's like we talked about, or I talked about with you guys on last show, like that. Uh, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's hard to see it, right? It's like, like the warrior mirrors are like when a when a team in the NFL runs for a lot of like first down three yard plays, and you don't really realize that they're doing stuff, but they're adding up, and then by the end of the game. <laughs> Like the defensive line is tired and suddenly you're like busting open for like, you know, 50 yard touchdown runs. It's like you just yeah. you like who kind of wears the opponent down better and puts themselves in a better position. And now that I because once I heard purple say that I started to pay attention to it a little more. And now I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like this guy is saving this resource specifically. Let's wait 25 turns and see if that comes into play. And when you start to pay attention to it like that. There's a lot of subtleties that are going on that I think are overlooked because it's just like, you know, everyone just sees Warrior Mirror and goes, oh, here we go again. And it just <laughs> stops right. well, it, I think you're t- you, you just kind of skip past what is, uh, I think, a, an important part of the exhaustion is like, I don't I'm not saying that I don't think it's that there's not skill behind it or that it's not wildly fascinating to think about how far ahead you have to be thinking about how you're playing this matchup. It's just that you mentioned 25 turns later. That's a lot of turns. That's a lot of turns. No matter how interesting it might be, that's a lot. I Uh, think the problem is just that they were one after the other, right? Because you can watch like one or two 
but you don't want to watch 12 of them. Yes, it is, it's compounded by the specialist format, for sure. Because, uh, you know, I was really excited to watch that Frozen matchup, and for some reason I'm completely blank on who he's playing. And again, this was pre the pre-balance patch, but then I got in, I'm like... Oh God! I don't actually want to watch this because um, it's just going to be this times three. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, that, kind of- that's that's the real issue is that uh, you know then they go in and then they're basically both like making small adjustments to their deck, but twenty five of the cards are the same, so they're going to come back and pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. This is now we're going to bounce Lucianas maybe one more time, or we're going right. to you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although if I'm being fair, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> It's fine. It's not really affecting me that much. It's pretty much in line with how I consume other esports that I consume via VODs. Is uh, I don't watch everything. I love. I'm really into StarCraft Two esports right now. I don't watch yeah. Protoss versus Protoss. I hate that matchup. I have no interest in it. I've never been a Protoss player personally. I just skip it. Sure. Unless I hear well, through the grapevine that something completely bonkers happened. Yeah, like like for me, it's like uh, you know I I'm gonna watch it. Like I watch, say, baseball. Like I, I'm, I'm going to watch every time Firebat or Zelay or Purple is playing, right? And I, I but think that's a- there's a, a lot of guys. I'm just like, yeah. To me, this is like if the Indians played the White Sox. I just wouldn't care, right? I just <laughs> wouldn't, you know. And like, it's not. They're not my teams. They're not the yeah. people that I that I choose to like follow. And and what's really cool is I'll be able to follow along. Like one thing I really like is I'll be able to follow along like standings, see who's like moving up and moving down and doing well and all that kind of stuff. That's really exciting to me where I can just follow it from afar and then and just and then hear about, oh, did you hear about this epic game? Go watch it. Uh, but not like I feel like I have to watch this entire tournament every single weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great. I, but, yeah. I've always I personally have always kind of uh, pushed back against. Uh, watch all of it. Watch all the esports. I'm like, who does that? We don't. We don't watch football for that long. We don't watch baseball for that long. Why would I be expected to watch well, this for that long? Some people get together every Sunday and watch every football game. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> you've got, you got your diehards. You've got your diehards, and you have that free sports as well. But I've never been that person. I've always been like yeah. like you. I kind of watch. I watch my teams. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, with traditional sports, I'm, I'm even more far removed than you are. I'm just like, I don't know. Did the New York teams I like make it to the playoffs? Now I'll perk up and pay attention. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, yeah, this is actually a cool. We can do, we can do like grandmasters fantasy leagues. Totally. And yeah, and that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. So, like, I, you know, this started by me kind of talking about how I'm just, I don't want to watch Warrior matchups, but it, yeah, there's a lot of good things to have come out of this and, and just uh, the way I consume esports. Typically, this, this lines up more with it. It's just easier to either go watch the players I like, which is kind of something I was already doing. But honestly, now I can go watch classes I like. And so I'm paying, I'm finding myself watching some players I normally wouldn't watch because there's a deck I'm interested in or there's a class yeah. that I personally play a hell of a lot more of. I've never been a big Warrior player personally. So that also well, is kind of... Stand out from the crowd by bringing something different, right? Which yeah. is kind of cool. Like if you want to bring some attention to yourself, you know, show up with some wacky shaman deck, and everyone will be like, "Hey, did you see what that guy played?" And yeah, it's I don't know. The whole thing is going much better than I previously thought, and I do think the uh, the nerfs have a lot to do with the fact that I'm not completely fatigued right now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But um, I was in the same boat. I think the thing I was the most concerned about turned out to be a, a a concern, which is you know our our matchups that I consider boring uh, or not all that fun to watch. Is that going to kind of 
really be put in a in a brighter spotlight than before with specialists and the answer is yes but what i didn't expect was how much so many other aspects of this format were going to make me enjoy it um yeah and then now they did say by the way they're going to revisit the specialist format uh after the first round or the first half of this thing because you know how there's like two there's like one kind of championship and there's like another one or whatever um so they might revisit and say look the the league format is great. The specialist format, not so much. And maybe we'll adjust like that. I heard Firebat bring up an idea that uh, he would like to see them have like every week it's a different format. And then by the end of the season, everybody's kind of like played all the formats. So like one week it's specialist, one week it's conquest, one week it's last year of standing. Uh, and then it just kind of keeps rotating around. So you get this kind of like interesting dynamic of every week you tune in. It's something a little different. And sometimes one deck is really strong because it's really good in conquest, but it's terrible in specialist, right? That kind of thing. It might be kind of interesting. I doubt they would ever go that direction, but yeah, I, I personally would be interested in watching that just because uh, I've watched a lot of Hearthstone, so I understand all those yeah. formats more or less inside and out, and and that would be that would be interesting. But I think um, we all have a little bit of a format fatigue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Hearthstone just because we've been playing the game for so long, right? Yeah, and and you know, for me, a big sticking point of having not even a tournament mode, but some type of mode with a best of uh, has always been esports. And so, if we start going back to 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 last year or standing or or conquest, I'm just like, why can't we get these in the game? Because another thing I didn't really think that much of uh, with with specialists is I'm watching and I'm like. I can learn a lot from this for my games at home. I think I think if you've ever had questions about teching, mm-hmm. Specialist is such a good format for you to watch. Uh, oh, I it's think- very cool because yeah, you see them go. Okay, well, this is what this they brought like their main deck generally is teched against something, and then the second and tertiary decks are actually like just teched against two other things. But they're always teching something like they they don't have like this. Oh, this is just my thing, which I thought was how it was going to work. Like my main deck just has my game plan. They generally have a, a class they're trying to kind of counter in the main deck, which is like, whoa, okay, that kind of blew my mind. And then you're like, okay, well, how do you then change it for Hunter? And now you get to like literally see how you know Tice would change his deck for a Hunter. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. If I'm losing to Hunter on the ladder, maybe I should include some of these cards. Yeah, yeah, it's it's what I've. Uh, it's another thing I really like. I I really like just the clear through line of this is way more similar to how you play Hearthstone at home. And uh, I like it, I like it quite a bit. Um, yeah. So anyway, getting back to the FAQ for Rise of Max, <clears throat> we kind of got sidetracked there by talking about esports, which is yeah, totally fine. I wanted to. Um, they were asked, uh, "Why no warrior nerfs?" And they said that warrior has enough matchups with classes like uh, hunter and mage that we thought would allow the meta to shift on its own if something like control warrior became the new most popular archetype. And they said, "As always, we're going to monitor this. We'll see." Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, just the change to Doctor Boom would be probably enough. I, I do think that, like, I so I was playing against a lot of Warrior one night, and I was just bringing up the fact on stream, like, that I kept trying to bait brawls, yet my opponent wasn't even using brawls, and yet still clearing my board because of the whole rush mechanic of Doctor Boom. So I'm like, I can't even bait a brawl anymore because of how good this card is because they don't even need a brawl to clear four minions, right? It's And it's just kind of, it's just kind of nutty. Uh, and then the, the Omega Assembly, like all the things together mean that 
they just end up with so many mechs in their deck. Like they, they don't, they're not limited to the mechs that they put in their deck originally. Dr. Boom allow and Omega assembly allows them to generate a ton of extra mechs. So, you know, I was like down to, they were down to like eight cards left. And I'm like, you know, I know that two of these are war paths and two of these are brawls because they literally haven't had to use them the whole game. So how am I ever going to win this game? Uh, and I think that's a little overboard. Probably they could probably touch Dr. Boom in that way. I think the whole rush mechanic doesn't necessarily need to be part of Dr. Boom, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they could even make him just cost more or something like that. Cause just how powerful that effect is. You know, when it happens exactly on turn seven, you feel like the game is lost. So I, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it touched and, and you know, it's just a little, but I, I understand seven mana is kind of Dr. Boom's identity. So, Maybe they want to actually just do something to the card. Um, yeah, I'm at the point actually, where I just can't imagine we make it uh, to the standard rotation next year. Yeah, and he and Doctor Boom's untouched. Like, yeah, we're mm. we're um, we're basically halfway through 2019, right? But but Rides of Shadows came out what in April? When did it come out? Sure. I don't remember now. I think it was April. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's. That was the first expansion of the year. That was our standard rotation. Like we still have a long time, a long ways to go. I know. Of, of yeah. Doctor Boom as it is, and 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 I'm sure it's playing a role in how cards are being designed for for the next few sets. Um, so I don't know. I just I find it unlikely. So you know, if that's me sounding a little impatient, being like, oh come on, you're going to change it eventually. Why don't you just do it now and get it over with? I guess so be it. But uh, uh, by the way, we skipped over the prep thing, but I think the prep thing we've already covered in previous things where like they just they want it to be a card that's good, but not a card that's in every single rogue deck forever and ever and ever. Yeah, I think they, it was in the FAQ, which is basically why didn't you just nerf it earlier? Nerfing it now makes it feel a little worse for rogue because it feels too targeted. And, and that, yeah, they basically said that they're like, hey, it's it's what we want the rogue kit to be able to do. Uh, but it kind of seemed like now was the it was the one <laughs> the one straw too far. I think they, yeah, the the interviewer said that they feel that Rogue got gutted, which, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about what Rogue looks like now. I disagree that Rogue got gutted, but I do think that what always happens is happening right now, which is that after a round of nerfs, um, cards are kind of disproportionately, their, their stats are affected disproportionately because nobody knows what to do yet with them, right? So sometimes a card gets nerfed and then it just goes from like being in 50% of the decks to 0% of the decks because everybody cuts it. Everybody thinks, okay, now it sucks. And then three months later, it kind of pops up in something else and it's still fine. It's just not OP as hell, right? And it's still good here. Like, so I, I do think that at some point we will still see miracle style rogue decks that will always still run prep. Um, I really think the one card that's like is just raiding party that probably just kind of got. If if I'm gonna say a card got gutted, it's that one, right? And oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and honestly, that kind of needed to be done even in over in wild writing raiding party was seeing a lot yes. of play. So it's it's yes. all for it. And I even I love playing pirate rogue and wild, and I, I still looking at it like yeah, that card needed to be dealt with. By the way, it's changed wild just in a huge way right now because now I don't have to run Galaka Crawler in every other deck anymore too <laughs> which is something because there's Pirate Warrior and then there was just a ton of the Pirate Rogue with the Kingsbane just so much of it that you just had to put Galaka Crawlers in things but, and now I can open that slot up to like 
deal with big priest again, you know? So that's fair. It, yeah. But wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to deal with big priest? That would be really nice. Yeah. Or a <laughs> big priest that didn't have Barnes. I, I don't mind big priest as a, just a, an idea. It's just that Barnes. Man. Just done with Barnes. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm with you there. I <laughs> am with you there. Uh, also in the FAQ, it was, uh, how did they select cards from each class to be buffed? They said that they chose cards based on how fun or interesting we feel they are to play in relation to how much they are currently being utilized. Mm. And uh, I, I think that's fair with, with a couple obvious exceptions. You mentioned Christology um, and yeah. uh, Thunderhead. In but I, I do think, though, that they understood that Christology was a really good card. They just wanted to make Paladin have like a deck that was viable against what other people were doing, I think. So I, you know, it's like, I get it. Um, it's funny. Like, so we had the whole thing about the warrior cards that got buffed. And I, and I do agree. Like those two cards didn't need a buff at all. Uh, but it was like, uh, Kibler on Omnistone said like the exact same thing I said, which is like, they weren't in the deck anyway. They're only going to affect this percentage of games where they are found through Omega Assembly and Dr. Boom. It's like, I think it's going to have a very small impact overall. But like he said the exact same thing, like they didn't have to do this. They could have buffed zero uh, warrior cards and nobody would have been mad, right? Uh, but I think they just felt thematically like they had to. And uh, Right, so right. And that, that's those always... cards they thought were going to have a minimal impact. Yeah, and, and, and doing things for arbitrary reasons has always really rubbed me the wrong way uh, yeah i know it's like but if they just I, I they've they've always done it like this right like each class gets a quest each class gets a legendary weapon each class gets a death knight like if they did this thing and then said eight of the nine classes get buffs and warrior gets nothing uh you know i don't know i think that's just that's like the thought process but i'm with you man it's just like it doesn't you don't have to stick to these hard and fast rules all the time you can just do what's right for the game at the moment and uh you know it'll be okay yeah yeah it's, it's fine I, and I, honestly I, in this faq they're saying hey we're, we're still monitoring warriors so that could have been it too they're like you know they could have had a meeting and been like guys we really don't need a buff warrior and they may have said yeah well we'll, we'll deal with dr boom if we have to we, we sure, still don't yeah, yeah. we still don't think it's conclusive that we absolutely have to deal with them but we're keeping an eye it's on the table let's just buff let's let's make warrior part of this uh, because you know what would suck is if they. You're right. You've 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 sold me, Dills. If they came out and they're like, we're not buffing Warrior, and then before this hits, Doctor Boom gets nerfed, then Warrior really just feels left out in the rain. Yeah, like, but I I just guarantee you that no one's gonna go. Uh, man, the big problem is Beryllium Nullifier. Man, they just need to bring <laughs> that card back in line. Like that's not. No one's gonna be saying that. It's always gonna be Doctor Boom, Dynamatic, you know, uh, right. Omega Assembly. These are the cards that that are making Warrior what they are right now. I, I honestly think they should give Warrior the uh, the 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 Mage and the Rogue treatment and deal with some of their uh, old control cards because the problem is that I think you know you give Warrior Warpath, you give Warrior Dynamatic, you give Warrior Doctor Boom. They they already have Brawl and Shield Slam and Shield Block and Execute. And it's like they have all this stuff already. Now you're giving them more? Their like, removal so is already a core part of their kit. So if you yeah. want... And then, again, we've come full circle. Those were back on the classic and the basic set. Look where we found ourselves. Because I'm assuming they want warriors, they want whatever class to deal with the board in new and inventive ways. Yes. In most yeah, places, Warpath right? Is a sweet card. Exactly. But when you have two Warpaths and two Brawls, it's yep. like, come on, man. Yep. So why, <laughs> why are we... 
still having this conversation. Why, why, mm-hmm. why can't we do something about classic and basic? And I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up when we keep coming back around to, hey, you know what the problem is? These cards that have been really freaking good since the dawn of time. Yep, yep. We've been yeah, we've been playing around brawl for freaking six years now. It's like yeah. I, I'm kind of done doing that. Yeah, and I and I would like to I would like to 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 end cap all of this with I am so stoked on Hearthstone right now. I think they're doing I know. such a it's good job. Really in a good spot. I uh, think yeah, they're amazingly, it. like with all the problems that it has, it's it's definitely like to me like the funnest game to play still right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that eventually when we have these conversations, we swirl around and where do we end back up at? Classic and basic cards are getting long in the tooth. Actually, mm-hmm. I would omit getting. They are long in the tooth at this point. Yep. Yep. I so. just rotate them in and out, man. Yeah. Pull in cards from other sets to make a classic basic set. I, I really... Arena is super cool right now. Hell, uh, Dollar on Heist is really cool right now because I'm getting to play with all these old cards that I haven't thought about in a while unless I won't open into Wild, right? I want that in Standard again. That would be really cool, yeah. you know? To bring uh, <laughs> bring Muster for Battle up again for, for Paladin. I would love to have that card in my Paladin deck again. Sure. It's be been great. long enough. Why are we forcing ourselves to, uh, to, to go about it in this way? So, I don't know. I, I really do feel it's something they're going to address in the next year or two. Like, it's just, I don't, it has to happen. I don't see it staying this way. And what we're seeing this year is honestly, it's a team five of change and I like the changes. So I, I think they're going to carry this momentum going forward. I I just think they're going to keep kind of throwing out old rules that they had set for themselves and enact some change. And I'm looking forward to that way. I, you know, honestly, I think we could all say we want to move like at hyperspeed, but, uh, I, there is movement happening. It's like we can't really deny that, you know. This this speed, especially with Rise of Max, and, and you know, I may be singing a different tune afterwards. Who knows? Rise of Max may really upset the apple cart in a bad way. But I'm assuming it's going to have a pretty good effect. I don't think it, very few classes, I think, are actually going to use a lot of the cards that are buffed. But there may be a couple standouts that do break the mold and change up the meta just enough to make it interesting. If nothing else, Snip Snap, I think, is going to see quite a bit of play because Zilly X is still in the game. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's all that to contend with. And if that hits, man, what a great cadence of updates. Uh, I'm really happy with it. So bring it on. Uh, on top of all this, the final FAQ thing was how long have they been thinking about working slash working on these buffs? And, and the TLDR on that is that they have been thinking about it for a while. So um, they said, and then they kind of talked about the history of events. Hey, past events were all more or less the same and they wanted to try something that was very different. I would say they've succeeded. Whatever the outcome is, this is very exciting and very, very different from what they've done in the past. Yeah. Shake-up is always good. Yep. Well done. Now keep it going. Do something about that basic classic set. Um, another thing that surprised me, and I missed it entirely. This went up Friday last week, and then I was just like, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I'm off. Um, they put out some hotfixes, and they say hotfixes, but balance changes for the Dalaran heist. They've, yeah, the the I think the idea here is if we're going to charge people for this content, we better also uh, keep up with it. Yeah, and that's the correct way to to look at it, right? If you're if you're Blizzard, you're Team Five, and you're charging you know twenty bucks or whatever for this content. You yeah, you better make sure that it's right uh, because I don't want to pay for something and then be like, oh, this isn't this isn't very good. Also, if we're going to be replaying this content which is the idea here it's a replayable style single player uh, campaign essentially i want it to feel like it's moving and changing and being better each time i do it right and um so this is good i mean i, I don't i looked at all these and i said okay it all kind of just brushed over my head and i was like sure i guess 
but it's just nice to know that it's happening. They're looking at the data and they're making some small adjustments. Yeah, yeah. The only the only one I'm really excited about, like I look at it, I'm like, yes, great changes. Togwaggle's dice. They said that they slightly increased the power of Togwaggle's dice, the, the the passive treasure. And apparently they also adjusted the rarity of some other passive treasures. I guess they have rarities assigned yeah. to them and that's how often you find them. I think some of them were like a little too OP and they want to make those happen less often. Um, I, but the, so Togwaggle's dice I thought was pretty good already, but I guess apparently there's also some confusion about how they worked. It's not like it randomizes between zero and 10. It randomizes up or down at random. So you'll generally stay around its initial cost. Uh, but that being said, that means that like, because I was always drafting it as like, okay, uh, now I'm picking the biggest cost thing ever and I'm hoping it eventually goes to zero. But I, I guess I was assuming that that would just happen completely at random. But no, it's it's it'll go down six or it'll go up five. But if it was already nine, it just goes up to ten. That kind of thing. It's like it has its starting point and then it goes up or down. Yeah, and I believe this right. obviously it can't it can't cost I don't believe I've ever seen a Togwaggle's dice make a minion cost more than ten. So it doesn't it doesn't make no. it unplayable. Um but it's certainly still possible for a high cost minion to end up being zero. Um because that, that has it happened. is. It's just I had assumed that it was randomized. I, I I'm glad they clarified this because I had assumed that it was just picking a random number between zero and ten. Yeah. So my chances of it like a Yasera costing nine or costing zero were exactly the same. But yeah. no, the chances of it costing, you know, seven is higher than the chances of or or sorry, I should say the chances of it costing like between six and ten are higher than it be, uh, being between zero and five. Right. Because right. it's moving up or down from that nine mark. Mm -hmm. uh, I also did do some testing with the dice with Emperor Thoris on because I was like, does this affect it? And now I have clarity on why it seemed like it was because it is adjusting from its base cost. And so the base cost with Thorson goes down every time it gets a tick. So it keeps that cost reduction and then randomizes from there. So okay, like I had cool. a game, like my testing involved me playing like three Thorsons at a time. And then the very next turn, they like all cost one or two. And I was like, oh, okay, it is working. So I had someone in my chat be like, oh, it's stupid to pick Thorson when you have the dice. I and had I assumed like, I that I I'd assumed that, but I'm glad that you've you've confirmed that that's not that's not the case. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm glad I haven't gotten Togwaggle's dice since this went live, so I I, I I don't know how it feels. But I had a remarkable amount of times where I took Togwaggle's dice, and my cost would stay the same. Yeah, it, it would be like I'm not getting unlucky, and now it makes sense. Like I'm not getting unlucky. I'm just getting a standard roll essentially. I'm not getting right lucky. <laughs> I'm just getting nothing right yeah getting... yeah i mean it's still I, i've a lot of my clears have been on the back of tog waggles dice and just going big um mm -hmm. but it, it, it's still there were just those those moments yeah. where it's just like i feel like this treasure should feel better like it's a feeling thing but, you know when you play a two mana lich king on two you know you're like okay i win this game now yeah um, yeah that's but, what tog waggles dice does. but when my three drop is 10 mana on three it also feels mm -hmm. bad so you know sometimes, sure, sometimes sure, that yeah. happens but I'm, I'm glad that they're doing this then they, they adjusted all kinds of stuff uh um on on normal encounters apparently uh, vasnos or vasno i don't actually remember which boss this is i mean so much of this is difficult to, to talk about because the bosses are randomized we may not even have seen some of these in our playthrough vasno doesn't ring a bell for me but apparently his deck was a little too powerful they brought the power down uh, a bunch of uh, of decks were adjusted in heroic, uh, both making some decks more powerful and making some decks 
less powerful. The one that does jump to mind is they say they decrease the power of uh, Lindsay Redgren's heroic deck. And I did notice that 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 gnome, which is uh, typically comes up very early on in your run on heroic, her deck is very powerful. Yeah, there's some there's some times where I'd play heroic and I just like couldn't beat the second boss. Or couldn't beat the first boss. I'm just like, holy crap, this is crazy. I, I actually found like the first boss can be really tough when you do a deck because you start with very little cards, right? So anytime you go up against the boss that has some sort of form of healing or something like that as part of their kit, you're just like, I'm going to run out of cards before I deal this 10 damage to you. Like, or I guess it's fi- is it 15 in heroic? It's, it's something, but I was just like, I couldn't. I literally was out of cards that don't damage. Yeah. And the, you know, the boss wasn't even close to dead. So. Yeah, I think this is all great. I'm excited to uh, continue playing Dalaran Heist. I think it's it's been really fun so far, and it's been a perfect way for me to like play Hearthstone at work and things like that, where I, you know, don't want to log in and play a game. And again, I just hope your boss isn't yeah. listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see the uh, changes in full, head on over to the official forums. We've also got a link in the show notes over at emu.tv/tac. But anyways, but we're for today's strategy, we're going to be kind of taking a look at the meta as a whole, seeing kind of how it's been affected by last week's balance changes. But before we do that, we have a sponsor to thank for today's episode, and that is Harry's. You should go check out their wonderful razors to shave your face with over at harrys.com slash TAC. Uh, Dills, I mean, it's really shouldn't be surprised to anyone who has listened to more than one episode of The Angry Chicken that you and I are, are strong Harry's, well, fanboys. Oh, I'm Harry's for life. Harry's is like NWO to me. It's for life. But you're not Harry for life, thanks to Harry's. No, no, I'm the hairless for life in all the right places. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Harry's.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they make some really nice stuff to shave your face or shoulders with. And it's all affordable. It's all delivered to your doorstep. And have I mentioned how good that shave gel smells? It smells wonderful. So big fan of it have them littered all over the place in my overnight bag, obviously on my sink and in the shower for whenever I might need to get my shave on and you can get your shave on with their trial set. It's a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close and comfortable shave. You get a weighted ergonomic handle, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. I love that trimmer blade. I know I've said it before, but I'm gonna say it again. It's very good. It's very accurate. You know, here in the summer months where I'm spending a lot of my time, uh, with my shirt off, the trimmer blade is helping me keep, um, well, certain hairlines in check that may be growing out of proportion in my older mm. age. Yeah. Now, you know, it's really good, too, is like uh, when you when you're doing the neck and then you just need to, like, line it up right here. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. like with the with the full thing, you're just kind of guess. It's a little guesswork, you know, but then you can really get down and dirty and uh, and just and make it real perfect with that trimmer blade sweep. Laser also, record. for me, Love like it. I said, it's the sides of the mouth. Right here. Mm-hmm. These are real hard to get to with the, the quad blade, like regular part of the razor. But the that little trimmer blade is just like you get right in there. The five blade. I don't actually know what five would be. What would that be? Because there's a triple quad and then I don't know what five is. The five blade. Sink, sink something. Sink blade. Is it? <laughs> That's what I call the one that I keep on my sink. So uh, anyways, uh, you also get their rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover to take it with you. All of this by uh, going to harrys.com slash TAC. Go check it out. Angry Chicken listeners, you can all redeem your trial set over at harrys.com slash TAC. And you'll let them know that we sent you and you will support the show in the process. So 
We thank you for doing that, and we thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode. Now, let's get into this week's meta discussion. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? <laughs> time to pay! So we've had some time to live with these uh, with these balance changes, Dills, and uh, more. I gotta say, I'm not too surprised by what has happened. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, well, okay. So I guess what's happened is that the meta is now no longer built around one deck, which is the rogue deck, right? And that's basically what Team Five was trying to accomplish here. They wanted to make sure that rogue got got actually hit and not hit in an insignificant way. And that's definitely what's happened. Uh, if you look at like the overall uh, the overall meta, it's clear that everything is shifted, right? Um, I'm a little surprised about a couple of things, I will say. I didn't see Secret Hunter jumping to the top. That, to me, was not the deck that I was predicting. I really did think you know, Mage, Mech Hunter, uh, the Bomb variant of Warrior, and maybe even like Zoo. Like Zoo was kind of tamped down a little bit by by the uh, Rogue deck. Uh, these were going to be the things that kind of came forward, but apparently Secret Hunter was getting owned by Rogue and has now found its footing. Um, I kind of think that has to do with with Mage, maybe, but and the prevalence of Mage on the ladder. But I don't know. It's uh, it's all very interesting. It's all still shaking out. I don't think we've landed in our final uh, spot here yet. I think Rise of no. Shadows meta is still shaking out. So yeah, yeah, because because Secret Hunter, uh, you know, there there are decks it struggles against. Like it, it really struggles against Druid and Druid and Token Druid is still one of the most popular archetypes that are being played in ladder right now. Yeah, but right now they're saying uh, according to HS Replay, Tier One is Secret Hunter, Murloc Shaman, Mech Hunter, and Token Druid. And I am I I will say these are the decks I see the most the most often for sure. Yeah, yeah, because we're I mean this is we're, this is Hearthstone Ladder. This is our best of one. It's it's about what what is the best to grind with. What's going to give you the best chance over the most popular archetypes that are being played right now? And that's that's how we mm-hmm. how we that's, that's always the case for the most part. Anything that has uh, the highest win rate when you're looking at a, a stat based. Uh, web uh, website like HS Replay. That's what you're going to see. The things that are that are are doing the best are going to be played the most and start rising to the top. Um, and so that yeah, Secret Hunter just it's just so good against so many things. It's one real weakness is Druid. It, you know, it struggles against Res Priest, which is granted fairly popular, but it's 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 not on the same level of the other Hunter archetypes of Mage of Token Druid. It's it's not nearly in the in, in the kind of wheelhouse as as those decks are yeah actually i think i uh, i think i haven't seen one of those since the, the nerfs happened mm-hmm. um and the big thing too I, is I that it's in this, this this top four list i mean i'm just seeing it everywhere well and control warrior yeah still seeing quite a bit of control warrior yeah and uh and secret hunter is is has a pretty strong matchup against uh warrior both of them as a matter of fact control and bomb which are the two most popular right now uh bomb warrior actually kind of running away with popularity if you go and look at games played uh there's a significant more uh number of uh bomb warrior plays uh games i, I think played. that's like i choose if i'm going to play warrior to play bomb warrior and i think the reasoning there is that if i if I'm playing Control Warrior and I run into another Warrior, we basically now have like a 40-minute game on our hands that I didn't want. 
And if I play Bomb Warrior and I run into a Control Warrior, I win that game, right? And I do it pretty easily because I can just fill their deck with bombs and deal that that damage over time. And then a lot of our cards kind of mirror each other because the Bomb Warrior is like a it's a Control Warrior that has the ability to to turn into a beat down if it if it can, right? If that yeah. opportunity presents itself, whereas a control warrior can't really do that. So it's just like has that natural advantage, I think. But it's just like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to play the 40 minute matchup. I just don't. No, I don't. So I, I don't either. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something I feel like I really came to terms with last year. It was like, I just don't like long matchups <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point. Um, is, if you're trying to climb, you know, if I'm just playing Hearthstone, you know, I'll play whatever I feel like playing. But if my goal is to climb, I just, uh, you know, I only have I only have so much gameplay stamina to to really you know use my time as resource, and uh, I don't want to risk getting into a forty minute game. Yeah, exactly. It just it just shuts down all your momentum. You get to the end of one of those games, and you're just kind of done with Hearthstone, right? Yes, yeah. Because as we talked about with with um, specialist format, like there's a lot of thought that goes into that mirror matchup. It's mm-hmm. mentally exhausting <laughs> so yeah, very challenging um but yeah. uh yeah like there's um there's a lot of like decks that have kind of come out of the woodwork as now being possible like the murloc shaman you know i didn't uh there's there's variants in this too there had been people trying like kind of trying to do a murloc package with a control shaman shell type thing right uh but now we're just kind of seeing no we're just going like Murloc into Murloc into Murloc into kill you. Um, yep. Which is pretty sweet. The The version I've been playing is not the one that you have up on the up on the uh, screen there. I've been playing the um, Shutterwalk, Hagatha, Swamp Queen, Hagatha. It, it kind of has like the ability to kill you quickly and then also sometimes go to the late game, right? Uh, so it also runs, which is kind of fun, is Hinch Clan Hag, uh, which is the one that makes the two one one amalgams. The reason being that uh, when you Shutterwalk, you essentially rebuild a board of Murlocs. So if your opponent clears your board over and over and over again, when you Shutterwalk, you get one more big board of Murlocs and one more chance to bloodlust them down. Oh, because the Amalgams are all minion types. Yeah, but they're also, it's a battle cry, right? So you get, uh, when you play Shutterwalk, it battle cries out two more Amalgams. Uh, it also does the Murloc Tidehunter battle cry. So it does a Sludge Slurper battle cry. So it gives you lackeys. Um, so just kind of like, it's like another, and then if the cold light seer battle cry happens after those minion producing battle cries, then you add health to those mirrorlocks and, uh, get them a little stickier and then hopefully you can bloodlust on like uh, the next turn. So, yeah, that's a, that's, that's, that's a hell of a, of a, of an attempt at a winning play for sure. Yeah. It's just got some reload that the other one, I think the other mirrorlock deck, kind of peters out. Although sometimes you do get like the sweet underbelly angler uh, plus what you would call it, the four mana Scargill. Uh, yeah. And then you just like never run out of Murlocs. Like that kind of, that can happen. Yeah, it's it's the angler uh, and the, um, oh God, what's the echo Murloc? It's uh, the, other the underbelly angler and the two mana. I don't know. It's not in this version. A uh, ghost light angler. Ghost light angler. Yeah. There you go. That uh that kind of helps. Obviously you need the you need the discount, but that really kind of helps when uh cards get low. The uh the echo on the cold on the ghost light angler, not cold. Yeah, yeah. You can just kind of refill your old hand. But um 
when you play against there's there's some decks that can just kind of clear waves and waves of murlocs, which um I found to be a little annoying, and that's why I kind of chose to go with the one that also runs the Hagatha and the, and also Swamp Queen Hagatha is pretty good when you get to Shutterwalks. Like I think Swamp Queen Hagatha has gotten better now with the lack of Rogue on the ladder. I think it was too slow when Rogue was just going to kill you the next turn. Yeah, but now you actually have a chance to uh, to play it. Yeah, no, this uh, I found that deck list you're talking about with the Swamp Queen with the with the Shutterwalk, and it it has shored up the matchup against Warrior for sure. I mean, Control Warrior yeah. looks like it's still a pretty close matchup, but that's better than being uh, in the red <laughs> with the. Yeah, you can't actually win the game with now. the full bore aggro Murloc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then of course, Dragon Mage is kind of making a comeback. As Spell Mage was still the most popular version, and I think still the most popular version when you're talking about. Um, like the specialist format and stuff, but on ladder, it's Dragon Mage. Yeah, like it's it's definitely doing work, man. I I like this deck a lot, and this was the first version of this deck that I played a lot of. And then I obviously went heavy spell mage because that's what everyone else was doing, and it seemed to be the better overall version. But the spell mage can just fizzle out when it makes a bunch of random spells that suck. Right. So yeah, yeah. It where it so it's it has a really strong win rate against slow decks and it appears to struggle quite a bit against fast decks and there's a lot of popular fast decks right now um you know rogue being taken out of the equation meant uh that decks that were already doing well like token druid like zulok like uh any hunter i don't know throw a dart they're all doing better now with rogue out of the picture which means a lot more people are playing it and this mage deck struggles um i know it's really popular with pros especially in the in the uh, specialist format but again that's the specialist format they can tech very specifically, we don't have that luxury uh, with with just randomly queuing into a ladder game. By the way, I do want to point out that the best version of it right now is not probably this one because this one is still like the rogue tech version. Um, so you can now take out like the double swamp ooze. Um, I'd probably put in double dragon moss scorcher instead, and you keep like the Harrison because you know, yeah, you still want to get rid of like. Um, wrench whatever uh thing the bomb generating weapon and stuff like that but like the double swamp ooze and the harrison that was there because of waggle pick right so now you can like i would tech for things like um token druid and murlocs now probably yeah it's 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 interesting you omit ooze and there's only one deck that comes up and it's still running harrison (laughs) yeah no like i think a harrison is still fine uh, though the version that I was looking at had like the it had the Alex Straza Caligos Mountain Giant. It had one power of creation. Uh, it had oh, a Moss, Mossy Horror was in it, I think. So, like it was d- very much like okay, now we're teching to beat the new token meta that we're in, right? Which you know, Rogue wasn't a token based deck. It was like a burst you down with just a few minions style deck. So yeah. Uh, can definitely move away from the weapon destruction and into uh aoe style you know deal with like lots of big boards type things so yeah yeah i mean it's it's honestly remarkable when you look at uh something like hs replay which you know just pulls from raw stats how many people are just playing decks without adjusting to the new meta i mean they're, you look- they're playing the version that they've always played right they played they found it week two or whatever and then they just still play that right i mean hell look up the original like the 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 tempo rogue that just got nerfed in the ground uh there's still people playing exactly that and a lot of games logged with that list 
So yeah. it's, um, you know, it, it takes a while for, for folks to, uh, some, some people do to switch over. So, uh, Kristen in the chat asked about rabble bounces, win rate being really low. The, the, the reason why the win rate is low is not because the card itself is bad. It's because when you play it, it means you're way behind on the board. It's like a stop gap because I like what I would look at with this card is not it's played win rate, but like how many games would you have lost if you didn't have this card compared to how many games did you were you able to like, like just pull out of the gutter because you were able to play this card and then stabilize, right? Like, and a lot of those times you play the card, you still end up losing, but it gave you a chance. And I think you got to look at a card like that, like that, because it's not, it's win rate is not indicative of its, of its purpose in this deck. I mean, right? you could say the same about mind control tech, right? Like you're not playing that unless sure. you're behind on board, but uh, yeah, you, you don't play mind control tech when you're winning the game already. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, you might, right? Like you just like, whatever. Yeah. I got, I got, Sometimes I got it clutches you a game out of nowhere. And that's why it's in the deck. It's not in the deck because it's like, this is my powerhouse of a card. It's just like, I am going to die if I don't have this card. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I, personally would not hit ladder with dragon mage like i just don't think it's gonna it's gonna grind that well i i find it does pretty good i i don't know i think it's um it's it's a tricky deck to play though for sure but i've i've always had a pretty decent win rate with it i just kind of i cycle through decks a lot right now in this like part of an expansion period so i never really like just stick with one and go um but i i my win rate with this deck is pretty solid I think, and now if you can tech it away from the rogue thing, I, I definitely think you can do some good stuff with it. But you, okay. you say you're playing the secret hunter mostly, right? Oh, yeah. No. Dills, have you ever known me to be a particularly original Hearthstone player? <laughs> sure, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's anytime Paladin, I'm playing Paladin and it's not popular. Okay, sure. But that's because I'm a Paladin fanboy. Um, but most of the time, you know, I'm playing what everyone else is playing. Um, and yeah, I uh, I made the switch to Secret Hunter. I was really struggling uh, before the before the patch, and mm-hmm. uh, post patch swapped to Secret Hunter, and it's just working. Like it's just a really good grind deck for me. Yeah, um, no, I mean it'll just it's it's one of those decks where like the the deck will just carry you to victories sometimes, and then you can also just like think through things perfectly and make perfect plays and win games that are really close. Uh, but like sometimes you just get the curve right, and you just crush people. Yep. And that'll happen often enough that this will this will be a deck that you can. It, like if you just I just need a deck to climb. Like yeah, this will reliably climb. If, you, if like I'm you trying to go through a short loose loss streak, but it's just like oh, I just wasn't drawing secret keepers for a while. And then variants will even out, and we'll draw secret keepers. Right? It, so. Exactly. So as I when when grinding is my goal, when climbing is my 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 target. Uh, my my mind eventually always comes back around to okay i understand the meta so the thing that tilts me right now is poor matchups mm-hmm. so eventually i just come back around to well what am i what do i feel okay with losing to like how do i shore up uh just the randomness of ladder and so i, I always tend to especially when i'm just trying to climb quickly uh, focus on decks that just have the best all around matchups that also aren't too draw dependent uh, murlocs shaman very high win rate right now working for a lot of people, but this goes all the way back to like my, my shell shock of just never getting mech mage to work back in GVG because it was so heavily draw dependent. I don't like decks like that. Mm. Um, so I have found myself 
here playing Secret Hunter, which absolutely can draw like a beast and just win off the back of just a, a fed Secret Keeper. But it can also do just fine with a normal-ass hand. It doesn't need that to win. It just sometimes you might get a really easy win out of nowhere and just steamroll. Yeah, I, I, I was playing a little bit. And I, one problem I had with the deck, though, was like I, I just found that if people played around my secrets well, uh, my deck felt kind of gimped, right? Well, you, are, and, you are traditionally always higher in the ranks than I am. So that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I you know, and we were talking earlier before the show that as you rank up, this deck probably goes down in win rate. But you would brought up, this is a really good, like, get to dad legend, then maybe, tra- you know, transfer to something else, right? And I think that's, yeah. a, that's a really good assessment of this kind of deck, which is probably why you see it's really popular because, most of the latter is not five to legend. Most of the latter is, you know, in the, I don't know where, probably mid-teens somewhere. Right? A lot of us that, you know, for, for for a lot of players I hear that, you know, hey, dad legend, five, rank five is my goal. Like, so you're probably starting around rank 10-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this is this is great. And I, I, love the, I like these kind of decks too, because that means once you get over that hump, once you reach your your, your base goal, like I want to hit five, I'm here now. Things are going to yeah. get harder. Well, whatever. You had this deck that you know inside and out. You know exactly how to play this, and it and it makes it makes the grind a little bit easier. Now suddenly you have to switch decks. Okay, now you can focus on learning your deck and not the decks you're going up against because you're already. I, I like autopiloting through the lower ranks to the higher ranks, so that when I get to the higher ranks, now my job is to learn my deck, not my opponents. So uh, this is kind of funny, but I just clicked. Uh, if you just look between ranks 16 through 20 mm-hmm. uh, at the at the meta tier list, Secret Hunter is the only tier one deck, and it has a 65% win rate. <laughs> so, like, next to 20, yeah, that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, Mech Hunter is underneath it with a 61, which is still wicked high. Sure. But, like, click, but. like start clicking the little pluses above each thing, and you'll see what I mean. Like, it's just, as you go up, it's just kind of like, Things start to catch up with it. Yeah, right? well, that makes uh, so much sense, right? Yeah, it really does. Like I, and I think you know that that's the thing. It's like if you if you are at rank sixteen through twenty, dude, play some secret hunter and take advantage of the fact that your opponents are not going to play around your secrets. The, the thing to note too, though, is that like every other deck on this list also has a bigger win rate in the lower ranks. For the most, part. look at Dragon sure. Mage at at sixteen and twenty has a almost fifty six percent win rate, but suddenly we uh, we move up to one through five. And uh, Dragon Mage is down here at a 50% win rate. So well, I, I think there's a lot of... So one of the biggest factors in that is that at those lower ranks, there's people not playing optimal deck lists, right? So the people who are playing the meta lists are having much more success. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine, like, if you're if you're only at Legend, are you going to run up against somebody with uh, a, an incomplete collection playing, like, you know... Unlikely, right? Random cards? <laughs> yeah. Like, no. So... Yeah. Yeah, but it's we like it's just a, guaranteed that as you go up, things are going to smush together a little bit. Yeah. With all decks, for sure. Yeah. And anyway, before we move on from Secret Hunter, we did have a question from our Discord, our, uh, our patron Discord. You get access to it if you're a patron. Uh, Cheesy Bob wanted to know. He said, I've been ha- finding some good success playing Secret Hunter. I just have a few questions about some of the specific cards that synergize with Secrets, the main two being Sun Reaver, Spy, and Mass Contender. I try really hard to get value by not playing these when I do not have a Secret Active. I am sure, however, that there are times when this is not the case, and I am hoping that you fine folks could provide me with some in-depth decision-making as to when it is appropriate to play these minions just to have a body on board. Um, 
and uh, for me, I mean, I don't overthink it too much. I, if I don't have a play and I'm going to miss curve, I just play it for the most yeah, part. Yeah, if your option is hero power or play a two mana two three, you should play a two mana two three. Yeah, yeah, because that's just going to win you the game more often than a hero power. Because how many games would you have been stoked? to drop a secret keeper on one and a trap on two. Well, cool. You have a two, three on two granted. Yeah. Yeah. You have a secret in play and that gives you, that's worth a little bit more than just a naked two, three, but it's, it's still worth something. Yeah. I think, I think the, the trap that a lot of cards fall into. And one of the biggest things you can look at is the, um, the fact that in arena, you could look at stats at one time and Bloodfin Raptor, had a higher win rate than acidic swamp ooze. And the reason being that people would play a bloodfin raptor on two as a three, two, and people would hold an acidic swamp ooze waiting for a weapon to kill and not play it just as a three, two, right? Yeah. If it was a paper card, you would have bruised your thumb and index. You would have been holding onto that card so damn hard. Yeah. You just (laughs) never played it and it never was a tempo body on board and you end up losing the game because rather than dealing six or nine damage or trading with a minion with it, it's sat and rotted in your hand. And you got to always remember that this is a tempo-based card game and sure there are value scenarios. Like I, I'd say, you know, if if you're already ahead on board and your hand features some secrets, uh, you can forego playing another body because you're like, okay, I don't want to get blown out and have no reload if my opponent's able to clear my board, right? Mm -hmm. So in that scenario, a hero power can be very valuable as just, here's two damage I can never get back, right? But if you hero power on turn two, and you have nothing on the board, and now you don't have a 2-3, and you could have played a Sunreaver Spy, essentially what you've done is you've traded in what could have been like 4-6 damage, because that two, three body could stick for a couple turns and hit face for just two damage that will only ever be two damage in a hero power, right? Um, the yeah. two, three body is repeatable damage. You always have to think about what these bodies can do. They can, they can allow you to, to maintain a board lead and they can also allow you to deal damage in multiples because every single turn they get to attack. And that's, again, also worth worth mentioning. One of the oldest things we always mention, too, is like, also, don't feel bad if your Sun Reaver Spy gets answered, because that's also removal that is no longer in play. Sure. Like it's not yeah, I mean, this, this is how the, the game of Hearthstone works. You play stuff, and then the opponent plays stuff that kills your right. stuff, and there's always, like, a back and forth in the game. Like, the, the board state in Hearthstone is so interesting to me, because the board state on turn five, there was five board states ago on turn one, Whereas, like, I think about, like, in Magic, a lot of times, like, I play some stuff, then you play some stuff, and then our both of our stuff stays, and, you know, it's like nothing really changes for a while, and then finally somebody does something that, like, cracks the board state. There, Whereas, there, like, Hearthstone, it's, yeah. like, super fluid, right? There's so much parity that, that happens in Magic, and, and so yeah. little of it that happens in Hearthstone. Um, yeah, I mean... At the high levels, like everyone's making attacks and things are definitely right, right, right. changing. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking your local. It's F and M. You're going. Sure. You're playing with your buddies. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a yeah. lot of just um. I don't know this sh- shit, man. Yeah. Here's a bunch of I walls. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at your walls. You're looking at my walls. Cool. Yeah. Pass turn. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking. Hearthstone, my- you're always making attacks, right? Like there's definitely weird moments, like Zilliax that I don't attack. Like that kind of stuff does happen from time to time. But most of the time, if your guy is green, you're sending him somewhere. 
and 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 that minion is hitting something. Yeah, right. I- I- exactly. And the and then one last thing I would I would say for Sun River Spy is is yeah, you get a, a plus one plus one if a secret is in play. But think about how how bad you're gonna feel. You know, say you've got an awkward hand, you don't have a turn three play. If you didn't drop Sun River Spy, and the next turn like. I don't know. Snake trap comes off the top. That's a secret you could have put into play and is only actually going to get triggered and be good for you if you got another minion on board and Sunreaver Spy could have been that minion. Sure. But even then, like you could still play the snake trap with the Sun Sunreaver Spy as a two, three and the snake trap will still now has a body to like, cause imagine like if you didn't play the Sunreaver Spy on two, then on three, you draw the snake trap. Now I play a snake trap and now by turn three, I've still done nothing to the board. Right. And now on turn four, I play a three, four, but what I could have had is on turn two, a two, three on turn three, play my snake trap. It gets activated. I now have a two, three and three, one, ones going into turn four, where now I can do something else on turn four. It's like, instead I skipped turns one, two and three waiting to play a three, four on turn four. Oh, that, no, that's what I was trying to explain. You know I, mean? I, I was oh, saying you would sure. feel bad yeah. if you held onto the Sun Reaver spy because yeah, you could have exactly. had three, one, ones. Uh, as a result, it's like of, you're in such a worse position by not playing the Sun Reaver on two. Yeah. Also, Animal Companion is a really great turn three play. And you know what? What really sucks is ha- not having a minion on board when you roll Leoc. So. Oh sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, like I have definitely had games with Secret Hunter where I play Sun Reaver Spy as a two three on two, and then Mass Contender as a two four on three, and it's just how the game played out. And it's just what it is, right? But at least I was doing stuff and I was getting damage into the face. Yeah, it's the like, way I think about these cards, like they're th- th- this is an upside to them, but these are these are just your stepping stones to your big plays. Uh, yeah. You know, like just getting your subject nine, deploying all your your freaking secrets. So by the time you play Zuljin, you're summoning all of the five five wyverns with rush and replaying every secret from your freaking deck. You're not winning the game off the back of your Sun Reaver Spy or your Mass Contender. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just that there is a nice little, there's a nice little upside on these cards, but you know, not getting the plus one plus one or not playing the secret, uh, off the mass contender, that's not going to make or break your game. So it is definitely mm-hmm. uh, in most cases, uh, safer to just deploy them on curve, whether or not you're getting that upside. I, I think it's really important to mention too, when you're talking about, I want to get value out of these cards. You have to remember what kind of deck you're playing and secret hunter is not a value deck. It is a tempo kill you deck you should play it as such exactly right? i mean why are we even running so many traps in the first place it's because we're replaying them all with old Jin. like we get to be we get to waste so many resources because of old Jin. because of unleash uh, unleash the beast that's a freaking twin spell we get two five fives with rush out of it for one card mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's spread over two turns and 12 mana but that's freaking fantastic yeah it's just it's one of those decks that's like it's not meant to hold cards it's meant to play cards put them onto the board those cards are now in play yeah, if you're playing Control Warrior, you might say, I could brawl these three minions, but I could also hero power and I'm alive and I have plenty of health and I could brawl maybe four minions or five minions the next thing. That's the kind of deck you want to be looking for value. In this kind of deck, you want to just be looking for tempo. Yeah, absolutely. And so the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, take an email and wrap this episode up is what the hell is happening with Rogue right now? And yeah, where do they go from here? So the most popular road deck being played right now, which I've, 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 I'm showing on screen if you're watching the video version, but I don't, I don't know what the hell to call this thing right now. It's just replaced calling it a tempo rogue deck, but I haven't I haven't seen any names being thrown around. It and, is a tempo deck. I just call it a hook tusk tempo deck. Okay. Yeah, because well, the like thing is, is there are variants of this that do not run pirates or hook tusk. 
uh, but it's still running like the Blink Fox and the and the Underbelly Fence and the Evil Cable Rat and the Miscreant. Um, however, yeah. so the one I brought up on screen, this is the most popular rogue right now, and it's it's got Hook Tusk, it's uh, which is running in uh, in conjunction with Cursed Castaway, which is obviously uh, you know uh, you know a fine <laughs> a fine rogue uh, card to get off of your Captain Hook Tusk because it has. Um, a death rattle on it. It's also got the ticket scalpers, which have the overkill of drawing two cards, which is freaking fantastic. If your hook tusk finds these ticket scalpers, because you know your hook tusk. If you haven't played with hook tusk, it summons three pirates from your deck and gives them rush. So now you've got a ticket scalper five three with overkill, draw two cards, and now it's rush, and you get to draw some cards and also yeah. take care of your. Board. By the way, the uh, the ticket scalper has got a lot better too with lackeys because there's the lackey with plus one and give rush. Yep. So, like before, it was basically a hook tusk or nothing mm-hmm. to get value out of these guys. Now, with the lackey generation, you actually have multiple ways to uh, activate them. Yeah, yeah. And so, so this deck is uh, is all well and good, but there is a, a variant of this deck that isn't getting as much as much play, but has a significantly higher win rate. And this is the deck list I want to talk about because it. Uh, so the the most popular rogue right now is running that hook tusk package. It's running the uh, the blink fox. And uh, and and um, lackey package as well, but uh, the most popular one is running uh, two shadow steps and Edwin and two shark spirits. The version of this that is actually seeing the highest win rate right now has cut out all of that. It has no shadow steps, no Edwin, no shark spirits. Instead, it has put in uh, two macaroos, two hench clan thugs, and a Leroy. Yeah, so it's still kind of like going the aggro routes there. Um, just being like, look, I, I generate cards and then I hit your face and and that kind of thing. I, I think you can kind of get away with a lot of this stuff as long as you're dumping the card that really got affected in Rogue, which is the, the raiding party, right? Like, I, I think Prep is still a fine card if you want to play some sort of a Miracle-style thing or, um, or a deck that has a bunch of spells in it. But I think rightly... It's the miscreant that is stuck around, and now it's just how do we build the package around what other good cards Rogue had, which I think is really cool because now we're seeing that uh, you know cards like Vendetta, which you look at and you're like, how is a zero mana deal four not good enough? How is a Hinge Clan thug not good enough? Right? Like, how are these cards not good enough to be in my Rogue deck anymore? And it's just because of like how disgusting Waggle Pick and Raiding Party and Prep were all together, right? So by doing these changes, they've opened up the space now for these other Rogue cards. Um, and I think that's really a positive. It does mean, though, that Rogue has dropped down to, I think they're calling it a Tier 3 deck now? Is that right? Yeah, again, it's HS3 play, and theirs is, is, is done strictly by the numbers, right? You know, sure. it doesn't take yeah. into account the, 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 the what's the ceiling for this? What is the maximum potential when this is played correctly? Which is mm-hmm. what you get. You know, you get the the human opinion. Uh, if you go look at a tier list, something like over at you would you would see over a tempo storm, right? Yeah. By the way, I am seeing a sixty percent win rate tempo rogue that is still running. Uh, Dread Corsair rating party waggle pick Myra's Captain Greenskin like that whole package. Okay, but how many games are played? <laughs> it's a very small sample size. Okay, really. that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I can't. Uh, let's see. It's 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 yeah. It's like. It's the winningest one. It's over. Let me see. What is the sample size? Uh, it's it's about six hundred games. So I mean, it's a decent amount, but it's not. 
It's not. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, sorry. 481 games. Whereas the most popular deck, 170,000 games. <laughs> yeah. So sure. Maybe like some dude is out there piloting this one deck while the rest of the world is like piloting the decks that we've changed things to where we're like, yeah, no, Hinge Clan Thug. Remember that card? That card is still good. Yeah. I, I actually am having a lot of fun playing Rogue right now, to be fair. Um, I'm playing the Hook Test version that also has Ice Bear and Togwaggle and also has the, um, like, so I run one Spirit of the Shark. I run a Leroy. Uh, I still have two um, Shadow Steps, no preps or anything like that. But, and then I have the Ice Bear and Togwaggle with the, with the Evil Rat, the Evil Cable Rat and stuff like that. So it's just like, you have multiple win conditions, one being I make a bunch of lackeys and I kill you that way and I just do a bunch of tempo things, one being like I punch your face a lot and then I Leroy you, one being I hook Tusk and pull out a bunch of pirates, one being I make my high and Tog Waggle and then I make two Yuseras or something like that with the legendaries. Uh, it's just got a lot of ways to win the game and a lot of good tools, I think. So, um, And every game feels different because I am running the Hinch Clan Burglar and the blink foxes and all that kind of stuff. So every game feels slightly different, which is a lot of fun, right? Yeah. And yeah. I do think that the, the shark is a very interesting card. We were talking a little bit about this before the show. Yeah. Cause it's uh, the issue with all the spirits, right? Is you're, you're having yeah. to basically take a turn off. Yeah. You have to remember, I am also paying four mana for the zero three. So even though the next turn I'm doing like, some super dope stuff, right? So, like, turn four, <clears throat> drop this zero three, do nothing. Now, if I can get away with that, sweet. Then turn five, I can, you know, make four lackeys with my with with my miscreants, or I can uh, make a giant Van Cleef, or I can blink fox and get two random cards, or hinch clan burglar and get two discovered cards and things like that, right? But I still ultimately paid four mana for a zero three. So, in the cost of getting that extra battle cry effect you have to factor in that that costs you four mana ultimately because most of the time what happens is that spirit of the shark will then die the next turn right I, i'm just talking in 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 most of the times like this is usually how it goes i'm not talking like every single time it always dies and this is always how it works but imagine if the value i generate from the spirit is i get uh four lackeys instead of two and then my opponent attacks it with a four three I've essentially paid four mana for two lackeys and heal four. That's basically what I what I paid four mana for. Like, is that is that worth it? Like, sure. And it's something like you wouldn't put that. You, you probably wouldn't put that card in your deck, right? Four mana. No, maybe two no. Lackeys, if the card just said those things on it, yeah. <laughs> heal four, make two lackeys, four mana. I would be like, mm, that's a lot to pay for that. Um, but if I use the shark to then turn my Edwin from say an eight, eight into a 16, 16 or whatever, like doubles the whole thing. I guess it would be an eight, eight into a 14, 14. Yeah. Cause it just doubles the pluses. Yeah. So not the actual, doubling the plus yeah, six. The yeah. But essentially right. it's like I turned, I turned this four mana into like a super blessing of Kings. It's, it's the, and, again, we come back to the, the potential upside, like the, yes. the, the potential upside of, of, of the spirit is certainly, I think enough to, to consider it. And that's why I like that you've, you've, you've kind of narrowed it down to a one of, because uh, do you ever want to deploy two of these in a game? Is there ever a game where deploying two spirits of the shark feels good? 
and and is it the linchpin yeah. of what you're trying to accomplish? Like, do you have to have? Are you going to take the risk of having two of these in your hand to up your chances of making sure you have a spirit of the shark? Yeah, to making sure that I at least do it once or or get to potentially do it twice. I think the problem, yeah, the problem that I look at, and I, I've I've always kind of looked at cards: is this a one of or a two of? One of the main factors I always look at is how is this going to feel if I have two of these in my hand at the same time? And with Spirit of the Shark, it's going to feel terrible. <laughs> it's going to feel real bad. I have two four mana zero threes in my hand right now. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. So, uh, yeah, just go to a one of. Because I think we have to look at it as the expected, like the average expected result of what you're going to get out of this card. And I think the average expected result is maybe somewhere in the realm of something that should cost around three mana, not necessarily something that should cost four mana, but the upside of sometimes it outright winning you the game is worth a one of inclusion, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a hard card to evaluate. And a lot of people are like, you know, looking at all these best case scenarios and saying this card is absolutely insane and broken. And then they're forgetting about all the times when it just sat and rotted in your hand and you can never play it because you had to continue to contest the board. So it's a tricky card, man. Tricky card. But yeah, it's fun. Sure. Like, this, I like these kind of cards. They're fun. They're, they force you to think critically. They force you to play properly. And that is fun about Hearthstone to me. I don't want just like a card where I'm just like, slam it. It's always good. You know, that's boring. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, Rogue took an interesting turn for me. I, I, I wasn't really sure what they were going to look like after this. Uh, well, I didn't think it was going to be this exactly. Um, but this is a really cool archetype. And clearly, still figuring it out, right? There's a lot of variants. If you go out and you look for cards or uh, decks with at least a portion of the packages that you see here. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to kind of see how it evolves, but I'm going to predict that rogue will end up as a tier two deck. Um, Cause right now it's tier three, but I think we're so early on in the process of people trying to figure out what decks work with it. I do think it'll ultimately land in about tier two when all is said and done with rise of the shadows. Yeah. I, I, I think so as well, but who knows? Someone might, I'm, Again, we were talking before the show. You're like, oh, man, you know, usually nerfs happen. Everyone takes out the nerfs cards and like three, four weeks later, the nerfed cards find their way back into a deck and everyone realizes that it's still okay. That they're still fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't think it's that's the case for raiding party by any means, but prep prep is fi- is going to find its way back in. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you can, when you can, you know, pair it with a gadget and auctioneer and draw through your deck and play Nomi and stuff and Myra's and that's, that's still going to happen at some point. We're still going to get to that at, at some point. This is not fitting into what we're doing right now. Yep. So, uh, anyways, before we uh, crack open the inbox and take an email or two, uh, let's thank those of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. That is the opt-in way to subscribe to the Anger Chicken. And whether you're giving a dollar an episode or $50 an episode, we thank you a ton and cannot thank you enough because that's how we get to do this for a living. So, if you like the Anger Chicken and you get some entertainment out of it and you thought to yourself, ah, I'd like to give back, you know, dollar an episode, whatever works for you. Patreon.com slash TAC is the place to do so. And we'd like to thank some of our more recent patrons. Thank you to Lou R, Sebastian, no last name given, and Tony M. Thank you for the support, you three. You guys are potentially helping us maybe reach that goal where we start playing monthly gameplay streams and do some collecting of the meta again. So Indeed. We want to see that stuff happen. This is the way to make it happen. And sometimes it happens late at night and we make cocktails and we get really goofy. (laughs) Sure. It's wonderful. But I mean, if you want it to happen... On the clock every month, playing new weird fun decks and playing with each other, and it's basically like an extra episode. You gotta, you gotta hop on over there and uh, make that happen because we we would love to do it. We just uh, we need to 
make sure that it's worth the time to carve out and do that kind of a thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're contractors. A lot of extra stuff to do. We're contractors, bartenders on the side. You know, we'd like to take one last contract, <laughs> yeah. one last bar, bartending shift, and that's that's sure. what the Patreon allows us to do. I would gladly trade that extra bartending shift in to collect the metal once a month for you guys. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. We could drink a cocktail while we're doing it instead of making it for other people. <laughs> so check it out. Patreon.com slash TAC. Yeah. By you, the way, sorry, sorry, I cut you out, but I made the sweetest. I made this cherry strawberry lemonade spiked cocktail thing. Oh my god, mm, so that sounds. Yeah, and I like did the whole garnish with like a bamboo stick through like a, a full strawberry and a cherry and a lemon wedge. What? Okay. I know. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, summer I, I is here, dude. Out. So it's uh, it's apérol and lemon based shaken cocktails for me. Like that's Ooh, anything that has those two it. things in it. Uh, that's yeah. a great jumping off point. That's I just want to sit. On a, at a cafe table in the heat, drinking those, watching people walk yeah. by all day. Having some nosh. Yeah. A little, a little appetizer. Mmm. It's delicious. But anyways, go check it out. Patreon.com slash TAC. Get access to the patron discord. Early entry into the Angriest Chicken Open Tournaments. And uh, ask us questions directly. Skipping the inbox for things like questions, which we will now take. Hello. Hello. It's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello. You can send your emails to TACpodcast at gmail.com or, as we just mentioned, if you're a patron, just write us a message on Patreon, drop us a question in the patron Discord, you get to skip the inbox entirely. However, Dills, what does Matt Smith have to say today? Uh, Matt Smith writes in says, Dear TAC, I have never enjoyed Arena as much as other sealed formats from other TCGs. Partly due to the feeling of not having a pile of cards to construct the best deck with, uh, with what I pulled for that day. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, would Team 5 ever consider adding Bartender Bob to Arena to add more player agency? Maybe after drafting your 30 cards, you get Bob, or after you, uh, or after two to three matches in Arena. One of my favorite things in Hearthstone is to tinker with decks, and Arena had failed to scratch that itch. Maybe Bob can be a back-scratcher. Thanks for the show. Plus five, plus five. Would listen again. I'm with you, man. I, I, we've talked on this show about how that's one of the big failings of Arena is that the drafting process is fine. You go through it, you pick your cards, and then once you got your deck, you just got your deck. Um, and right now in like MTG Arena, I can say do a limited format or whatever, and after like two games, be like, this card isn't working out for me. And just pull it out of my deck and put something else in. Uh, or I can play even like the best of threes where I can actually draft cards with no other purpose but to be sideboard cards in my in my drafted deck. Right. So I can like think of a, I can pick a card that I would normally never pick as a main as a main deck card because I'm like, well, I might run into somebody with a bunch of flyers. So I will grab a plummet, you know, which which basically for people who don't know, plummet just means kill something with flying. Um and you would never draft that in your main deck because if you run into a guy with no flying, you basically got a dead card and yep. it sucks and you lose. Um, but the ability to like move cards in and out is super sweet. I, I think the idea of Bartender Bob is super fun. I still hold to let me draft 35 or 40 cards and then kick five or 10 cards to the curb and 
and decide on these 30 guards and then go into my run, right? It's been so uh, long be uh, without them having ever... Well, they've never made a change to the way we draft an arena that I'm just full cranky mode. I'm like, throw it all out, show me all 90 <laughs> cards, and let me just draft a freaking deck at this point. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and we've talked about that too. Like, just give me all 90... But the thing about the 90 card thing is that then the 90 cards with the current bucket system wouldn't work because you'd have... You'd be like, oh, I pick all the cards from all the best buckets. So, like... In their current system, they would have to go with like a different way of presenting yeah. these ninety cards. Right? They would but, have to do it, and so that was something I was yeah. I was obviously seemingly more interested in, and it didn't bring up as much red tape uh, before they introduced buckets, right? Sure. Because uh, before it would have been also, like it, it would have been cool if because yeah. like how do you get around the legendary issue? Like, well, if you get a yeah. legendary, now you can take all three if you really wanted to. It, it would be interesting in a world of where they did this. They let us draft from ninety cards. If uh, at, when you hit the button, it kind of shows you like how many legendary slots you get. So if you sure. would have pulled, like, in the way we used to do things, it'd be interesting, like, well, you get one legendary slot, here's three legendaries, but you can only put one in your deck. Well, you could also see all 90 cards at the same time. Like, what if I could, like, sh- like you know, uh, scroll up or down through each pick, and then by the end, then be like, okay, I think I can make, like, a Murloc deck with what I'm being offered here, right? Like, I think that would also be, like, another way to spice things up. Because right now, it's like, I make a pick on three hoping that maybe I'll get synergy with it later down the road. And I never do. Whereas if I had the education of what my other 26 picks were, I could on three be like, okay, yeah, I will not take this card because I know that I will not get synergy with it because I've now seen all of my picks. Right. And that sounds like a long process, but I don't think it would be that long considering like it does take me longer to draft in magic than it does draft a deck in Hearthstone. Like sometimes I feel like in Hearthstone, I'm like, Blasting through the picks, you but, know. But but all that really matters. The only thing that's gonna that should bother you, I feel like, and I don't mean to tell you how you should feel, but I feel like the only thing that should bother you is how long it takes to get a game. So sure. if you're yeah. going into it, like that, shouldn't affect your time to game no, once I you have your deck. Picking and having it be like a hard process is part of the fun of gameplay. Like that's that sounds awesome to me. I really yeah. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so okay, as, as I much as idea. I had another idea where everybody you pick your class. You get, you get like you draft fifteen class cards, and then you get put into a draft pool with say six other people or whatever, and you, um, and like Magic the Gathering style draft neutral cards, so your deck is always exactly half class cards that you picked prior, and then fifteen neutral cards that you've gone in like an actual like draft like snake draft format where it's like. Oh. I get a bunch of them and then I pick one and then the next guy gets what's left and I get, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. And then you don't have to like play against those same exact people. It could then throw you into like a giant pool of everybody. Well, I, I think uh, it's like, or it's it could do like what uh, magic way. does right now, yeah. which is like draft against AI. So I don't have to worry about, you know, somebody taking forever to make their picks or whatever. I guess that's, I just that's, think that's fair. Be, yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to, you know, make a selection on a on a neutral card, and I, I you know you can't really do this in Hearthstone because, I mean, I guess you kind of could, but it's harder with the nine class system than it is with the five color wheel, right? Like, yeah, it, it's not nearly as like clean cut. Um, yeah, but 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 I just want that feeling of like I took this card and now the next guy doesn't get it, and like the, somebody could snatch something that I might want from me, and you know what I mean? Like knowing that that doesn't knowing that that, that, that wouldn't affect the people I play, I go on and play them though, would really remove a lot of the joy I think from it yeah. for me. Um, 
But have you have you drafted in MDG Arena where you draft against AI and then you go play whoever and you it's not that it's just not the same thing that you get when you meet up with your buddies and you draft it just isn't. Mm-hmm. But I it's still fun, right? I don't know. It's but I know what you mean. It's yeah, yeah, it's not it's not quite the same. And Magic, I mean, that's it's it's a it's a tradition at this point. It's also it's like a format. That's a, that's just a way of building a deck is through that that drafting place. But in Hearthstone, since we've ever had it before, I think there's more freedom to kind of make it your own. Um, but yeah, I mean, instead of just, uh, you know, flipping the table and saying, let's just try something totally crazy. I mean, bartender Bob is a really like on brand Hearthstone way to give us a little more customization in our arena deck. And I would, I would absolutely love to see it. And, and the more we've talked about this, the more I realize, I think just no hope for synergy is a big thing is a big, is a big sticking point for me and arena and anything that helps alleviate that would be a, a big boon for me. Yeah, if Bartender Bob kind of came in every couple games and let you add or subtract cards for your deck or buff cards, and like you kind of always knew, okay, after two games, everybody I played against has Bartender Bobbed uh, and, you know, gotten some buffs and gotten some cards out and in into their deck. That'd be super cool. Cause I, mean, I don't even think you need to make it as crazy. I don't think you need to be able to give de- uh, cards permanent buffs like we do in the dungeon run, because that's something that feels so inherently dungeon run, but just letting you sure. remove cards and add cards and maybe even duplicate a card, as long as I don't know, there's some kind of restriction, like you can't duplicate yeah. legendaries or something. Uh, I think would be really freaking cool. Um, and it because honestly, dude, the more I think about this, this was a sticking point for me in single player. I didn't like in the dungeon runs that when I was picking like these groups of cards, it's like, oh, I'm going to go for Murlocs and then I might never see Murlocs again. That was the same was true for dungeon run, which was freaking PVE yeah. and bartender Bob has done a ton to alleviate that for me. And you know, from the outside looking in, like it does, it feels like it shouldn't have that large of an effect. But it does. It, he, he goes a long way to just help you fine-tune the deck a little bit. And I would love to see what an arena version of that would look like. Yeah. I wonder if they could ever do a sealed in Hearthstone where you actually keep the cards that you open. Because the, the I problem do is not that see why not. Uh, I mean, you just have to price it accordingly. You'd have to price it so because you'd have to open a decent amount of packs in Hearthstone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine the cost of a sealed event would be in, like, the 1500 gold range, you know? Because... Could you yeah. build a deck with 10 packs? No, I don't think so. That's only 50 cards. And you might not have any class cards that match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because what is it? Two, $2 for five cards right now, US? Yeah. If we're not doing like bundle. Yeah. So like what if we want, if you wanted to do sealed in, in at least the equal amount of cards as current, current uh, arena, I mean, that's 90 cards. Uh, so that would be 18 packs. So that'd be thirty six dollars. Yeah, you know they. It'd be expensive, but it'd be a way to discount it. I mean, I'm happy to pay twenty bucks to go play sealed at my sure. local shop. It'd be, but it'd be a way to build your collection through, uh, you know, play, and it'd be a way to. I I wouldn't just enjoy it. Like I I could see myself just spending all of my gold every time I had enough for another sealed run. I'd just be like, all right, let's go sealed run, uh, and then jump back into you know, standard and try to grind that up again. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm so, I want more, you know me, I want more limited formats in Hearthstone. I, it's, it's my favorite way to play, play magic, but I would just rather play Hearthstone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The thing is like, I, right now I'm like super content because I've got Hearthstone, 
And then I've got MTG Arena, and I'm like, wow, all my itches are being scratched right now. So I don't need them to be the same. I don't need them to do the same things as each other. Because I know if I really want that limited format, I can just pop over to Magic. Yeah, I, I go play that auto-chess. Said, that's, that's, that's scratching the limited uh, itch for me right now. Yeah. It's oh. like I just, I, you know, I, I, I do want, yeah, auto-chess is also another way to yeah get that feel. But, uh, like, I want them to improve this in Hearthstone. I hope that they don't just go, hey, it's all fine and we'll just leave it the way it is forever because you are going to make it so that people just never give a crap about Limited in Hearthstone if you don't. Me personally, it's like I've just, at this point, I feel like I've beaten the dead horse for so long that I'm just like, all right, well, thank you, Magic Gathering Arena, for existing because I needed you in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but again, uh, to, to bring it full circle back to the beginning of the show, uh, what we're seeing from Team 5 right now uh, is is kind of unprecedented uh, historically for, for this game. So they very much seem willing to do things, right? Bartender Bob in Arena feels very realistic especially yeah. right now given the changes that we've been we are we are seeing being made and about to be made to Hearthstone. Yeah, uh, you know. Make it happen. Yep. Adding another make it mo- slow, number one. Yeah, adding another mode of arena seems a little further away, but maybe not as unlikely as it used to feel. So. Sure. Uh Matt, thank you so much for your email. That was a uh, Matt Smith by the way. We had quite a few Matts right in, so I'll let you know which which Matt. Well, Matt, you I probably know already since we read your freaking email. Never mind. I didn't need to do that. I'm sorry for outing you, man who shares the name with one of my favorite doctors. Yeah. Anyway, you're not a Doctor Who fan, I forget. Uh Yeah, yeah, I'm like, what? That's going to do it for this episode then. We're not going to sit here and geek out about Doctor Who. Uh the Angry Chicken is supported by our epic patrons. You can become an Angry Chicken patron by heading on over to patreon.com/tac. And huge thanks to our producers, Declan H., Sean C., and Cheesy Bob. Thank you very much for the support. You can catch the whole back catalog of episodes over at youtube.com slash TV. And I would, again, recommend going over there right now anyway, even if you catch us on the download, even if you watch it live, uh, because uh, Jocelyn and I put out our Evil Essentials video for Chapter 3 of the Dalaran Heist. Go see us clear or talk about clearing and our strategy for clearing the streets of Dalaran on both normal and heroic. And thanks again to Blizzard for asking us to put that video together. You can catch us live Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern right here on twitch.tv slash TV. But before we leave, Dills, where can everybody find you? Uh, check me out on Twitch. I'm twitch.tv slash Dills, And on Twitter, I'm at Dills. Uh, you can find me playing the Hearthstone and the Magic Gathering Arena, as we talked about previously. Um, and you know, I'm feeling like it might be time to dip my toes back into that auto chest because I've heard they've made a lot of really good changes. I and the UI actually, is smoother and everything works better. And, yeah. yeah, and the the company that made Auto Chess is making their own mobile version from scratch with unique assets. And Valve just announced they're making their own version of Dota Auto Chess. Wow. So there's there's already so that's con- that's to me the thing that was holding it back from being fun was the fact that it was very it w- it felt like a mod, right? Like mm-hmm. I had to click the courier to then do a thing. I had to like click a guy and then click the guy over here and it's like I can't just drag the guy where I want the guy to go. Like I have to go through It was a little counterintuitive in that way. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the timer. I think the timer has to sure. be there cuz the games easily go 40 minutes. If the timer well, wasn't Well, the timer there, is part of the game. The time yes. like it's making the decisions quickly is you, a huge part of the game. Cuz I've been playing this it. game called Arena of Evolution on mobile and it's basically a clone of of auto chess but it's really fun i did not know about this i am bringing my phone up right now (laughs) yeah you should check it out it's really fun it's essentially just an auto chess that work but it's like it's standalone so you drag your guys around and you do whatever 
And I'm like, wow, I do really like this game style. Um, it, it really is fun. I like just I just don't like the way that it feels when the controls and everything with auto chess. But I don't. Anyway. I don't feel the same sense of like I don't know, feeling like I'm being like duped or like uh, advertised to when 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 I see a lot of you know you're seeing a lot of Hearthstone players and now some ex Hearthstone players really kind of singing the praises of auto chess and 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 I'm buying into it. Um, you know, <laughs> I saw a lot of people doing that with. Uh, Gwent, which whatever you might you might like Gwent or whatever, but a better example might be Artifact. You know, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, Artifact's going to be the next big thing," and it just fell off a cliff. Um, but yeah. Auto Chess seems it's just I legitimately enjoy it, and I'm really excited to see uh, standalone versions of this. And I'm I'm installing this uh, arena arena of evolution yeah, right now. You should check it out, man. It's pretty fun. It's uh, it's it's super cool that it's just on your mobile. So like, if I'm just like vegging out, watching TV or something, or like going to bed, it's just I don't know. It's like my new little thing. I just go on. One game takes 20 or so minutes if you like finish well or whatever. Um, and it's just a lot. It's tons of fun. So I'm just very excited about it. Vado just actually, because I think the format is super cool. And the one thing that prevented me from playing it was just the logistical aspect of playing the game, right? Which I, I really hate when the controls keep you out of a really cool game, right? Yep. It, it happens a lot. Like there's been so many sweet, uh, what was, uh, just cause. I really like the Just Cause franchise in a lot of ways, but I couldn't stand the controls and how they felt. For for uh, me, it is uh, um, Star Citizen. You know, it, okay, it's sure. a game yeah. that uh, w- w- whatever. It's a, people have such loaded opinions of it because of its crowdfunding, and it's still technically not you know a release game. But uh, it, it's a game I'm, I was so excited for because I grew up playing X Wing and Tie Fighter and those those uh, star wars flight games on those some of the mm-hmm. earliest pc games i ever played and i love them i love those games to death and i'm like oh my god star citizen's coming out that looks amazing and it does um but i have to like read a novel to learn how to take off from a base and uh, <laughs> i'm just not interested in that <laughs> i just want to yeah. go fly and blow things up sure so yeah there's also elite dangerous but it's equally as impenetrable so yeah, those, those are those games for me. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I almost quit on Auto Chess. Auto Chess was right on that cusp. You know, you ever you ever play a game where you're just like, oh, I hate this. It's such a piece of crap. And then like an hour later, you're all you can think about is that game. And you're like, what? Sure. I'm, I'm going to I got to break through. I'm going back. I've got to break yeah. through. That's what I, I absolutely know that feel. And that's what I that's what happened with Auto Chess. I was I was straight up angry at the game for existing the first time I played it. <laughs> Uh, but anyways uh, there's your mini auto chess segment everybody hope you enjoyed it that's going to wrap it up for the angry chicken this week Um, if you want to hear more thoughts like that you can follow me on twitter at garrett art I'm spewing all kinds of opinions over there everything is at amove.tv I just put up a brand new episode of let's talk about star wars there'll be a new into the nexus this thursday and a new r2t2 coming at you real soon but that's going to wrap it up for this week's angry chicken until next time job's done job's done yeah Job's done. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. 
Audio program so good, it's like you're there.